All right, welcome to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, episode 20. Dexter Henry here with Brian Fonseca, and we have a very special guest. Yes, sir. Uh, the first musical artist to come here on the podcast. You were the first. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, fellow Brooklynite, so you know I have a lot of love. Hip-hop artist, journalist, and Nick fan like myself. Long-suffering <laughs> Nick fan. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. <laughs> Sky Zoo is here. He has a new album out in celebration of us. Um, we're going to get into a little bit about that, hip-hop, some Knicks. Yeah. We're going to talk about all that. Sky, first of all, how are you, man? I know you have been very busy. The album released on February 2nd. Yeah. Um, it's been a busy time for you the last couple weeks. Just how, how are you with everything, album rolling out? and just? Oh, man, everything yeah. is good, man. First off, I'm happy to be here rocking with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Thank happy you, man. to be here in the building with y'all on the show. And um, everything's been dope, you know. It's been a whirlwind. Obviously, it's a lot going on, promoting press, running around shows, this, that, and the third. But... It's all for a great cause. So, you know, it's been dope. Everything has been real smooth. Yeah, man. We're really, really happy with what, you, what you're doing. Um, Thank you. Let's just let's take it back for a bit for the folks that don't know. Obviously, I, I know you have been listening to your music for quite some time. Brian has right, as right. well. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> born in Brooklyn. Best yeah, Guy. Yep, yep. Best Guy, do or die, even though yeah. Best Guy's changing a lot now. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you touched upon that you on, you on the album. You hear it on my album. You talked about that on the album. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Could you just... all over. Could you just tell the people, you know, maybe a little bit about your background yourself, how, how you started getting into hip-hop and yeah. rapping and everything? Just tell us about your background. Oh, uh, man, growing up in Brooklyn, you know, hip-hop, you couldn't get away from it in the 80s and 90s. You know, me growing up, being born in the 80s, so being a child of the 80s and 90s, you couldn't get away from it, you know, and um, I fell into it right away. Mm. I wanted to rhyme when I was nine years old. That's when I kind of started. And just, it's kind of like the first time you pick up a ball. It was that type of thing, you know what I mean? Mm. So. First time I rhymed was when I was nine, and I just kept going. And um, I knew it was a calling. I knew it was what I was put here to do. And I guess I want to say by the time I was like 19, 20 is when I first started, you know, making some moves business-wise. It's one thing to be nine years old and running around trying to rhyme and just getting busy in the lunchroom, and it's another thing for that to (laughs) elevate as an adult. So um, I say like 19, 20 years old was when I kind of really started getting my – my feet a little wet, you know, whether it's demos or whether it's dealing with certain people and just building a career for myself. And um, from there, you know, I've been able to live the life I want to live, have the career that I want to have between my music, being an independent artist my entire career, mm-hmm. being a ghostwriter for a ton of major label artists who've gotten, you know, Grammy Award nominations and top Billboard charts and platinum albums due to my work. Um, you know, me ghostwriting for people, me also doing film stuff, me working on films with people, doing screenplay writing, doing, um, you know, commercials, music for commercials, for video games and different shows and movies and things like that. It's just been a whole, I guess, smorgasbord of different ways that I've been able to maneuver within the music and within the industry in my career. And the dopest thing about it is I haven't had, the job, I haven't had to have a job in like 12 years. You know that's, what I mean? That's because, beautiful. You know, yeah, it's a blessing because I've been able to build my career the way I want to, move the way I want to move and sustain my life the way I want to without any issues, any worries, you know, just live the way I want to live, you know, not having to work, you know, and just doing what I love to do every day and that being more than enough to support myself and my family. I definitely want to get to more about you being an independent artist in a bit, but first, like, so I kind of discovered you in like that 09, 010 yeah, totally. period or whatever. Totally. And I was in high school and I was okay. like, I was really hating mainstream hip hop at the time. So yeah. I was trying to look for some, some other stuff to listen to. Right. And I saw uh, you had a video for a song called Frisbees. Okay. That's the first song yep, that I heard by yep. you. And then uh, I heard about the Salvation yeah. and things like that that came out around that time. Mm-hmm. And if I recall correctly, around that time you were Duck Down. Yep. Right. Yeah. So 
I want to know, like, what was that time like? Like, just working with Duck Down, working mm-hmm. with Ninth Wonder. Right, right, right. Who you had a project yep. with. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Things like that. No, nah, it was awesome. You know, the Duck Down days, um, those guys are still my extended family. You know what I mean? Even though I'm, I'm not on Duck Down anymore, I've been able to create my own imprint, create my own label, and do my own thing. But, you know, those days were dope because it was, it was sort of the start, in a sense, as far as label side. And... Um, it was dope running around with my brother Sean every day. My brother Sean Price, you know what I mean? That, mm. That's my man. That's, my that's how I found you. It was like yeah. a related video to Sean Price because I'm a big yeah. Sean Price fan. Absolutely, Rest absolutely. And what happened was, you know, he, um, so what happened was Duck Down wanted to sign me and they were talking about signing me and we had the meeting and everything and Sean found out. Mm. And Sean told Drew High and Buckshot, he said, yo, you got to get Sky Zoo. Like, don't mm. let that, don't let mm. that walk away. You know mm. what I mean? So if you're related to sports like nowadays, don't let... Katie wind up going to the Warriors or something like you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we need that. Like right. Sean was like, yo, we need Sky Zoo over here, be like, do, make the deal happen. And they were like, nah, Sean, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do the deal. We just met with him. But he was really on their head, like, yo, make the deal happen. I wanna see Sky Zoo here with us. Hmm. Like we, we need him in the fold. And we wound up doing the deal. And um, I had a couple other offers from Indies on the table, mm. but it just made more sense as far as Duck Down at the time. And we did it, and it was dope, you know? And it's crazy, because Sean used to call me the Kanye at Duck Down. That was always mm. his thing. He was like, yo, you like the Kanye at Duck Down, B? Like, we be making this type of shit, and then you be having trumpets, and you be having saxophones, <laughs> and you be having chicks singing on your records. You got Jill, you got Jill Scott on your record. He was like, I, we won't never get no record with Jill Scott. We can never pull that off. Like, but you could pull that off. You, you can know pull what I mean? Off. They, right. so, they couldn't do that. They come going that lane. Right. right. So he, he always was like, yo, you like the kind, yeah, yeah, duck down. Like you, you that one who could really go there and do some other things that we normally wouldn't do. So yeah. it was all love, man. And I got nothing but love and respect for them guys. And you know, obviously, Sean. That was like family, you know what I mean? So rest in peace to my yeah. bro. Yes. It had to be big at the time because you were like a newer act. Like right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah, new like yeah, 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 absolutely. So it was good things, man, running around touring and ripping and running and putting records out and letting that kind of be somewhat of the start. You know, it wasn't the start, but it was part of that early half, you know, things that were going on. And, um, you know, but now I'm here and like I said, I've got my own imprint. First generation rich that I've had for a number FGR, of years now. Salute. Absolutely. Salute to and, um, FGR, yep. Yeah, and I've had for a number of years now where I'm able to control my own destiny, run it the way I want to run it, and just continue to build and rock. Mm. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about that. And I think some of our, our younger listeners or viewers, they might not even remember you from being on 106 in Park. Oh, um, man. I, I do. I told he didn't remember yeah, that. I didn't remember yeah. that. He didn't remember that. And I, I was telling it's him. It's funny because I had just thought for some, I don't know why I thought about this recently, but the gin run. Mm-hmm. Where he was like, just he had that six or seven week run where he was beating everybody. I don't right, know why right. that popped into my head recently. Right. And then he brought it up like yeah. Battle Gen right, on right, 106 and right. Park. Yeah, because right, right, I, right. I, re- I remember that. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're, we're very close in age, I think like a couple months apart. So I, I yeah. definitely remembered, remembered that and what that's been like. But getting back to the independent thing, yeah. you talk so much about being an independent artist and being able to do your own thing. And just yeah. as an independent media creator, I can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, just, just how freeing is it for you when I listen to your latest album and I see the freedom that you were able to put into it as far as sound. I know yeah. <laughs> almost in that Kanye way that you've alluded to. Right. Um, do you still enjoy that? Because sometimes you feel like artists still like, hey, we want the big deal or you need the big deal. You seem very content yeah, with you what know, you had and what you're doing, Scott. Yeah, you know, I love the freedom of being able to make the music the way I want to make it. You know, and I think for me that's the most important part of it because at the end of the day, if I cop out and do whatever, granted, it's a business we all want to get paid. Yeah, and I'm all yeah, about that. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm from Brooklyn, so I'm all about getting to the bag. But at the same time, you know, you got to be able to look in the mirror at the end of the day. So when you finish counting that bag up, you got to be able to look in the mirror. 
this music that I make has my name on it. Mm -hmm. You don't have all these other people name on it, whether it's the label or the radio department or the video department or marketing or whatever it is, it's my name on the music. So if I do X, Y, Z to appease them, if it go down in flames, no one's going to look at them. They're going to look at me. So as an artist, you got to remember that. And if any artist that's listening, please remember that. There's nothing wrong with going to get it. Just get it on your terms. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, it's your name that's attached to it. Mm. So, yeah. I think my favorite thing about you and why I started really listening to you it was your pen game. You know appreciate what I mean? It, appreciate like, it. Because I, I, I've said this before on this podcast. Like, my main thing with artists are bars. Like, mm -hmm. I need to be able to listen Absolutely. to like good Absolutely. 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 That's what we're here for. And I know you take pride in that. You could tell. Anybody could tell, listen to the Sky Zoo song, that you take a lot of pride in that. Right, right. So, like... Why, why did that become so important to you, I guess? Because not everyone prioritizes that. And yeah. over the course of your career, yeah. as we heard on your new album, you stay true to that and you haven't really like changed course or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. Uh, for me, you know, it's just a testament to the era I grew up in and the music I grew up listening to. You know, I grew up in the era of, you know, whether we go all the way back and you're talking about like, you know, let's say the EPMDs and the Big Daddy Kings mm -hmm. and, you know, all that type of stuff and mm -hmm. Tribe and, Whatever, whatever, and then let's take it a few years later when I was in junior high and high school and we're talking about Big and Jay and Nas and all that stuff and the Woo, of course, me being in junior high and the Woo coming out and all these guys, like, look at Big, Jay, Nas, you know, let's say the Jizza, let's say Ray, let's say Black Thought, let's say later on, you know, Most Def and Quad, like, these are guys that I grew yep. up listening to and if I'm going to do what I do, then that's just got to be carrying the baton and carrying that tradition. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like if you're playing ball, if you grow up watching Mike, or you grow up watching Dr. J, if you're going way back, or let's say you grew up, you know, watching Shaq or whoever it is, you're going to emulate those guys who you grew up idolizing, you know? And when you touch a ball, you're going to want to be able to do what they did, at least to some degree. You're going to emulate them, move how they moved, and learn from what they gave you, you yep. know, just being a fan. So it's the same thing. You know, when I rhyme, you know, it's me harping back to what I learned from them guys and the fact that I know, listen, I grew up a product of them. I could never take a day off and not live up to what they gave me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what it is. It just means too much to me, you know? And mm -hmm. I'm about the art. I'm about the craft. I know, you know, the gifts that I have lyrically and what I'm able to do with a pen, and I don't take it lightly. So my job is to continue to push that forward. Mm. I think you can definitely hear that in your music. I mean, for me, as somebody who grew up, it's what all the stuff you're saying is, when I was in middle school, junior high school, high school, yeah. same stuff I was listening to. Yeah. You know, middle school, I'm bumping Reasonable Doubt, Illmatic, I'm listening to of that. Of course, of course. Uh, Midnight Marauders, I'm listening to that very heavily. Mm -hmm. When I hear your music, I hear all that stuff right. in it. Um, I want to touch on a project you did that I thought was fantastic. You did um, the Ode to Reasonable Doubt yeah, yeah. Uh, as a tribute to Jay. You did that, Elzai did Elmatic, right. which I heard that was sort of sparked the inspiration for you to do that in a way, right? Yeah, it made people ask me to do it. So people were asking you to yeah, do that? Yeah, right, yeah, okay. yeah. When the L joint dropped, um, people on Twitter were saying, well, Elzai did Elmatic over. We got to get Sky Zoo to do Reasonable Doubt over. And you did a, you They did were a like, he's the, the job, only man. one who could do it justice. And I never in my life thought about redoing that album or touching that album. I just was a fan of it. Mm. And people on Twitter were asking about it, and it became a thing. And for like two years, this thing followed me. Yo, <laughs> when you gonna do it over? When you gonna? I was like, yo, I never said I would do it. And everybody was like, yo, you gotta do you it. Gotta you gotta do, do it. it. You're the only one. And I'm talking strangers, not my homies. Like I'm talking strangers on Twitter. Like you gotta do it. It got to the point where I would do press like this, 
And people would ask, so when is that coming? I, Yo, like, I huh. never agreed to that. You and you never I mean? announced it? Nothing. No, nothing. Like, you know, it Damn. just was on so Twitter. So was, it, was that wait on you when you actually did do it and you hooked up with Ant-Man Wonder? And you nah, it, it wasn't wait from them. It was right. more so wait of just making sure that I did it justice and I did it right. Mm. But it wasn't the weight of the fans. I know if I do something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability for the fans. So it wasn't the weight of the fans, per se. It was mostly just making sure that I got my vision across with the project. You know I, I, mean? I personally think you did. And I've always said, why don't more people in hip-hop do covers? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you and Elzai did it, and I thought you guys touched it and put your own style in it and yeah. respected the art of those albums. Right, right, Two right. of my favorite hip-hop albums. Yeah. Um, so just doing it. Um, did you did you enjoy the process of doing it? Oh, did I loved you, it. Yeah. I loved it. Um, it. It was a lot of fun. It was quick. I think I did it in like two and a half weeks. It was quick. You know, it wasn't something that took a year or something I had to spend a lot of time on. The pen was just flying. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite projects that I've done as well. It's, it's a really, really special project, A to Z. Uh, when you really sit and dissect it and listen to what I'm saying and the approach I took on it, it's a really special project. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely loved it. I, I wish wish more people did. Well, it's did still it. out there, so just, you know. Yeah. Just check it out. If, yeah, yeah. yeah. If, you, there, if you had a chance, yeah. is there another album that you would maybe do some cover on or maybe mm. a song perhaps? Mm. Um, That's a good question. Yeah, it is. I'd have to think about it. Um, probably Black Star and Common uh, Respiration. Oh, Respiration. Oh, man. Yeah. I almost put on my Black Star shirt yeah. today, actually. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I almost said that. That's one of my favorite songs, period. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, me too. What do you like better, the original Re Respiration or the Flying High Remix? Most people, do people? Most Not the original. Like the original the one. beat on the original. Oh, right, okay. The original yeah. one's good. The Flying High Remix is good. That had Black it Thought is. on it. Black Thought hopped it, no, on that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. You work with Black Thought. Yeah, 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 that's right. the homie. So what was yep. that like? Because he, he seems like the type of dude where he'll only work with people who he really, really respects. No, absolutely. You so, know, and, and a lot of people, too, a lot of people are afraid to get a feature with him, mm. which I learned. Is, is, that, true? is that really true? Yeah, yeah. You hear a couple, I've heard that from other There's people. a couple <laughs> artists like that. You know, I've, I've heard the same thing about myself where a lot of people are afraid to jump mm. on a record because, you know, you got to stand up to a certain level. You got to be able to bring a certain thing to a, to a record with me. So, you know, when we did the record, it was me and Black Thought, and I wanted another artist on it with us as well, oh, who really? I'm not going to name, mm -hmm. but they definitely was like, nah, I can't yeah, do that. Out? Yeah, 100%. Oh, really? And it was, it was a mainstream artist, and they were like, I can't do that, Would bro. Did you say like, off air? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta respect him now. Might be the school go. cameras in here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, there, there was one or two artists that I hollered at. That I wanted to jump on it with us, mm -hmm. and they and I sent them the record, and they were like, "Yo, like I, I can't." They like they team, they managers was like, "They can't do that." You now know what I mean? Like they can't that's do that. My favorite song off the of music for my friends. Oh, money makes us happy. Money makes money makes us yeah. happy. Yeah. I love Black Thought's voice. You did you did the damn thing on on your looking, verses as well looking. too. Yeah. Um. So whoever didn't hop on that verse, that track was dope. The concept of the song was <laughs> yeah. dope. You guys executed it well. Um. And that's something that's something I definitely love too. So no, people really that. are afraid to get on tracks with Black Thought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. and Skyzoo, yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, definitely. Yeah. Yo, y'all gotta step your pen game up for Yo. those people that's afraid out there. I mean, I said it on finesse everything. You did. I yes. said I don't get called for features because I kill 16s. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like yeah, so you know, word up. They definitely gotta step that up. All right, we're gonna step. We're gonna step aside. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk to Skyzoo about his brand new album in celebration of us. That is. Uh, you can get that everywhere digitally. It's also in stores, physical copies, yep. right? Physical, physical digital copies, everything. Too. It's all out there. So right, you, there you can go. get that. We'll talk a little about the album, his concept behind it, everything he did with it. We come back on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. What's up, listeners? You know sometimes how it can be hard just to get from point A to point B. 
Now, when I have to get anywhere and I don't want to deal with the hassle of public transportation, it ain't hard to tell how I get around. I always make sure to use the best car service app in the game. I'm talking about Lyft. Lyft offers rides in minutes. All you have to do is download the Lyft app, request a ride, and you will be on your way quickly. Lyft is all about happy riders and happy drivers. Take a ride with them and you'll see why 9 out of 10 rides end up with a 5-star rating. Lyft always has amazing offers for new customers, and I'm here to tell our listeners about a great offer today. Lyft is currently offering free ride credit to Ain't Hard to Tell listeners. If you are new to Lyft, then you are eligible and getting your credit is easy. All you have to do is download the app and use the promo code AHTTPOD to unlock your free credit today. Ain't hard to tell who is the best car app service, so use the code today and ride out loud with Lyft. The best new sports web series is here. It's from Backpack Broadcasting and it's called The Sports Walk. The Sports Walk is a series where diverse sports fans take a walk and share their views at the intersection of sports and society. The entire first season is now available on Backpack Broadcasting's YouTube channel and BackpackBroadcasting.com. See what other sports fans have to say about a variety of issues in the world of sports. Watch all 13 episodes from Season 1 and take the Sports Walk today. All right, welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here, and we have hip-hop artist Sky Zoo yeah, yeah, representing yeah. Bed-Stuy with us. Yeah. Also, journalist, Knicks fan, big Knicks fan. We're saving that for the third we're second. Gonna we're going to get into the Knicks. Sky, Sky and I got some stuff to talk about. We've been suffering, We've been suffering for way too long. Oh, I'm going to be the referee for that one. But if you're, a Knicks, oh, if you're a Knicks fan and you want to take your mind off of that, you need to listen to In Celebration of Us. Absolutely. Uh, new album from Sky Zoo. And Sky, I feel like the reason I like this project so much, and I remember reading about it, I think late December, early January, when you were kind of rolling out that it was gonna drop in February, just what you were talking about. You were saying this is like Dave Chappelle meets The Wire, which I'm gonna get into because we're both big fans of The Wire. Up, it's my best TV show ever. Absolutely. Don't, don't, you can't even argue no with anybody debate. on that. Um, there were so many things I felt like you were going to touch on this album, and then mm -hmm. I listened to it and you did. Right. And it's, it's very dense, but it's a really, easy listen in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, how did the, the thought process start for this album and what you wanted to do with the celebration of us? Uh, well, you know, it, it really is just music of the times. You know, everything that's going on in this country, everything going on in the world at large, who we are as a people, where we are, how we got there, and what now? You know, and that's kind of what the album really encompasses. And like you said, you know, the things I brought up, everything from cultural appropriation to gentrification mm -hmm. to police brutality to economic crisis to the power of the black dollar. You know, there's so many things that go on in this world and so many things that I felt needed to be touched on this record. And that's why I wanted to drop it in February, obviously, for Black History Month, because for me, I feel like it's a letter to black history, black culture, black mm -hmm. people, black pride, and what it's about. But what I will say on top of that also, just because it represents so much fist in the air does not mean that it alienates anyone else. Right. And I think it's been dope to see how many different types of people, you know, different nationalities, different creeds and colors and backgrounds that have been coming out to support the album, mm -hmm. that have been floored head over heels with the album, even though the album is so pro-black. You know, and people have asked, if you had to describe the album in one sentence quickly, you know, how would you? And I say, it's the hip-hop version of Solange's album. Huh. And the dope thing about that is a that... A seat at the table you're talking about. Yeah, I, love, I love that absolutely. album. Yeah. Yeah. It literally is the hip-hop equivalent to that album as far as what it touches on, 
how brash it gets at certain times. Huh. Some of the concepts. I see that. Unapologetically, you know, things like that. And um, how it's on one accord with this one message and just does it in different ways, different branches off the same tree. And there's a moment on her album where her mother was like, just because you pro-black doesn't mean you're anti-anything else. Right. And that's exactly how I feel about this album. You know, and I think people get that because I'm seeing the love from everyone who looks like me and I'm seeing the love from just as many people who don't look like me. And that's a beautiful thing. Like, that's all I really wanted to get across. How important was it for you to just tell your story? And what I mean by that was you had no guest verses yeah. like, on the album. How mm -hmm. important was it to just, like, you pretty much do Oh, that? extremely, extremely. Yeah. Because, you know, this is something that I wanted to say. I wanted to give my opinion. So if me and you are cool and you rhyme, I can't ask you what's my opinion on X, Y, and Z. I can't ask you what's your opinion. Right. You know what I mean? And vice right. versa. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I, I just wanted to give my opinion of what is going on and what I see and what I deal with and how I feel we are where we are, you know? And um, that was the reason behind it. You know, normally when you make an album, first thing you start doing, you collecting beats and you start thinking of who you could get. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's good business. So you right. say, well, if I get a record with Black Thought, I get a record with Jada Kiss, you know, I'm talking about music for my friends, obviously. If I get Black Thought, I get Jada Kiss, I get so-and-so, so-and-so, you know, that's a good way to sell the album as well as making some great music. Yeah. But with this one, it didn't even come to mind once who hmm. I could get. Maybe I can call so-and-so. Maybe I can hit up so-and-so. I didn't even think of that on this album because hmm. I just had an agenda that I was dedicated to sticking to. We talked, we talked about some of the themes on the album, but the sound of the album. I remember a couple of weeks ago when you released the uh, little mini documentary you had about yeah, the album. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I checked that out, and I thought, the, I thought it was dope. Whoever shot that and did that, I thought it was extremely well done. Appreciate um, it. So shout out to them. Shout out to my man, Sin Floyd. Sin Floyd? There you go. Yeah, great, great job on that. But the thing that struck me was the sound. It was, it was the sound of the album. It was very jazz-influenced. Of course. You which know, that's I love. my thing, yeah. And it's your yeah. thing, too. It's always yeah. been your thing in your music. Absolutely. But I felt like on this album, maybe more than any other project, maybe outside of the Apollo Brown project, I felt like it was just really, really, you really hit, hit mm -hmm. it with it there throughout. Mm -hmm. um, how, much did that, how much was that influence from anything else you had and you really wanted to get to that sound on this album? Well, you know, the, the, the music is supposed to complement the lyrics and it's supposed to hold hands. You know, so everything I'm talking about had it to have a certain feel conceptually, sonically, and as far as the background, as far as the music that's in, in the back and backing the lyrics. Mm. Um, but, you know, as far as the jazz element, on top of what I just said, you know, I'm a jazz head. So jazz influences me every day. Mm. Like, I literally listen to more jazz than hip hop. Mm. You know, I drove here listening to jazz. Like, I rarely have the radio on hip hop or anything like that. Mm. At times, of course, you know, I'll check out certain things if I'm listening to my music, of course, or friends of mine. But... Musically, man, like 70% of my music consumption is jazz on a day-to-day -day basis. You know what I mean? So it only makes sense that it shows up in the music in a certain way. Yeah, yeah we could definitely tell that influence is there. Um, yeah. Everybody's fine. Yep. Maybe my favorite song on the album. I'm not sure I'm still okay. like digesting it. Of course, it, take I your really, time. But, that, <laughs> but that's one of the songs. And then uh, the outro also, like, you use skits, but you don't waste them. You see what I'm saying? Of course, of course. Like, so... Yeah. and. Dexter, he doesn't like long albums. He said this repeatedly on the podcast. I don't, before. and I'm also very anti-skits if they're not tied in to the concepts of, of the course, album. Yeah. You, did, you did that beautifully with this album. Right. And we, he caught when we first listened to the album, he told me that. He's like, oh, I know you like the way the skits were used. Yeah. I'm like, yep, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess what was the significance of doing that, too? Because I feel like this was also, if you know, you want to 
uh, tell stories about all these things, and you yeah. can't only do it through like lyrics and beats. You also right. had to actually tell like some stories. Of course, so. of course, yeah. Well, you know, I think you answered the question. It's like you know, just setting it up, setting the tone mm-hmm. for what's about to happen, or continuing what just happened, and everything making sense. I wanted it all to just flow as one piece. That's why there's no records on on the album that fade out. Mm, you yes, know, there's no records where, you know, obviously nine out of ten records that are made in the world, it fades out. Mm. That's cool. Yeah. But on this album, I didn't want any fade outs. I wanted everything to just boom, 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 boom. So it's one one interwoven piece. Yeah. It's one lock. You know, yeah. it's one thing just holding hands, strung together, you know. And, and all that was on purpose because it's this story arc that starts one place and goes all the way around and comes back to another where it all makes sense. So I just wanted to tie that together. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. One, other, one other thing that I felt was what I read about the album is important. I know you just recently became a father, so congratulations uh, on appreciate that. It, appreciate it, um, appreciate it. I've been recent, Both of you. <laughs> yeah, recently I'm a father too. Um, my daughter will be two in May. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Um, but I thought what was dope was that you said you wanted this to be sort of a, a, t- a cautionary tale to your son. Yeah, um, like a guidebook that he could a have A guidebook, I should say. Yeah, right, yeah, a guidebook later in life to avoid these pitfalls that we might see in our absolutely. communities. Um, throughout, and I thought that was really dope. Did a lot of the inspiration from this album come from when you knew you came from yeah, when you yeah, knew yeah, that you totally. were going, that you knew that your son was coming? Totally, totally, yeah. totally. You know, the album started out with I said, you know, I want to make an album that's really black and really about what's going on because I was just so affected and impacted by what was going on out here every day. Damn. Whether it's Trayvon, whether it's you know Alton Sterling, whether it's Mike Brown, whether mm-hmm. the list goes on and on, whether it's this clown Trump, whatever it is, like all these different things that's going on. You know, I really wanted to jump on that. And then finding out that a boy was on the way, it just tied all in. Mm. I said, well, these things are going on. I'm about to raise a little black boy to be a big black man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to deal with all these different things the way I did. Yeah. So how do I approach that? And what happens with him? How do I make sure he's straight? Because father's number one job is to protect his kids. So it's like, how do I do that? Well, here's one of the ways, one of the many, many ways that I will be protecting him. Mm. Making this project that he can go back to and say, I get it. I get it. This is what I'm supposed to look out for. This is what I'm supposed to expect. This is what I'm not supposed to accept. This is what I'm not supposed to tolerate. And this is what they're going to think of me and how I defy those odds. And I, it, it just tied all in with the theme of black pride, black power, the black dollar, and all those different things tying together and the importance of black fathers in the household. Yeah. So it just all came together. I love that. I loved how you tied that. I loved how you tied Appreciate that. Appreciate it. And, oh, one other thing before Brian, I'll let you go. I also loved your use of the uh, mellow. They don't want us to win. Absolutely. Well, I thought that was dope and clever. I knew Thank exactly you. where it was from when I yeah. heard it. Yeah. I knew it. Yep. I was like, oh, that's from, dope. From the Syracuse, you know what I mean? Syracuse, yep. From when uh, he was on Snapchat with Syracuse yep. was in the Elite Eight. Yeah. Yeah, that was dope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's it called? Damn, I forgot my question. After you just mentioned that, right. <laughs> I, threw I, 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 I threw I threw him off with that. Threw me off. Yeah. What What are your, some of your favorite oh, now I remember, tracks? Now I remember. No, all right, go. Let it go. Now I remember. Yeah. Uh, and I would imagine I pretty much know the answer to this question already, but I take it that you don't really care about numbers. So what? So this is more like a mm-hmm. release to you. But do you care at all about how much does it move or how do you do it shows? And I mean, I, like that? I, I care about how much it sells. Uh, oh, so on, on different levels, right? Because I know you mentioned shows just now, too. I care about how much the project sells because it's all a business and I'm here to sell records and this is my livelihood. Mm-hmm. This is how I yeah. put food on my family's table and so et cetera. And everything has been going extremely well, mm-hmm. you know, so I can't complain. I care about numbers, but I also know where we are in this climate. That's, yeah. You know, earlier this week, um, a report came out that Best Buy and Target are about to stop carrying CDs, mm. things like that. So I know where we are in the climate, right? I know where we are as far as 
making money off of music. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is streaming now. And for the fans who don't know, every stream, an artist makes like 0.0000001 cent. Yeah. Well, I'm not a whole cent. I mean like a tenth of a cent yeah. per album stream. You know what I mean? That's like crazy. You take a penny and cut it in ten pieces. <laughs> penny. One of those little pieces is what you get when someone streams your whole album and pays $10 a month to stream it, you know? Yeah. So I know where we are in the business of music, you know? But I also know that you said shows. I care about shows because that's where yeah. a lot of my money comes from. Yeah, and a lot of know? independent artists say that. A lot of, of unfarted, a lot of, even not even just independent artists, but a lot of artists I've heard yeah. say, like, they don't care as much about album sales as they do about shows because Absolutely. that is more that's where the money the that comes from. To because them. if yeah. you come to the show, you spend mm-hmm. $20 on the ticket, $20 on a t-shirt, $10 on a CD, mm. $50. I just made 50 And that's per head, yeah. give or take. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? So yeah. that's important. You know what I mean? And um, so I care, I care about it all. I care about selling records. I care about shows. I care about the whole landscape of it all. But I know where we are in the climate. So I know if I sit home and look at the numbers every day, I'll kill myself. You know yep, what I mean? Yeah. Because yep. I'll be like, yo, what is going on? They're like, yep. yeah, I know what it is. I know what to expect. That's like, you know, living somewhere where it only rains and you're sitting at the window killing yourself because you're just waiting for the sun. You know where you at. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, you know right. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know where you at. Like, right. you know what to expect. Yeah. You know? So if you get a cool sunny day, that's a nice surprise. But you know where you at. So, you know, with that, um, I don't worry about the numbers in that sense. I worry about the numbers overall as far as shows, as far as licensing, as far as mm-hmm. when I do sell records. Because granted, I do sell records. I don't want it to come off as if there's no records being sold. Yeah. I do sell records 100%, else I wouldn't be able to keep being able to put music out and fans come out in droves yeah. and everything like that. Yeah. I just know where the climate is at with everything. Nah, but just oh, yeah. r- real quick, Dex, before mm-hmm. you get, I want to stay here real quick. Um, so how does that, like you've, you've obviously been here for a while. You've seen how mm-hmm. the industry's kind of moved, evolved, changed, whatever. Like mm-hmm. how have you, not, have, not how have you able, been able to adapt to that, but what are your thoughts on like how that's moved? How, you know, how's that affected? I mean, it's sad. It's sad because, you know, I think it just takes the value out of the music. You know, forget the money, right? I mean, it's all great. We want to sell records for $10 a pop. That's beautiful. But take that out of it. When you give someone access and say, okay, all you got to do, it's pretty much an open bar buffet. It's like all you got to do is pay one flat fee and you can continue to sample this, 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 all day. You can Mm -hmm. just continue to come. How many times you go to a buffet and waste all the food that's there? Uh, You know what I mean? I do that. All the time. (laughs) You load up a plate and you waste it because it's there. You know what I mean? So you take it off for granted. So like with the music, you pay $10 a month or $20 a month to these streaming sites, and then all you're doing is you're playing this guy, you're playing this girl, you're playing this guy, you're playing whatever, whatever, and you're not really taking in the music, Mm. you know? So albums are here today, gone today. Literally, unless you're of a certain well, age bracket, yeah, albums that. are here today, gone today, because as soon as you listen in to one joint, somebody else joint pop up on your feet. Oh, let me jump in there. So now you're not even really paying as much attention. Yep, so I the agree. music is getting hurt. I and agree. in turn, the, the artists are changing their approach to music because they want to not get left out. So they say, well, as long as I make something that's hot for the moment, mm-hmm. that'll sustain me on that level as opposed to a full cohesive project. You know what I mean? And, yep. and it hurts the music. 
Yeah, people are people are making movie, music that's easily digestible. Absolutely, and then yeah. and I don't think I agree with you. I don't think a lot of listeners sit with albums the way they used right. to. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's think, not that's yeah. not even in music. That's also in I think life. it's all forms of media. I mean, it's, it's life. Yeah, it's, it's life. It's, it's happening in journalism too. And I mentioned we that live in a right now. You know, yeah. we live in yeah. a right now because climate, we're yeah. we're both sports journalists. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I bring this up is because it's the same thing where people are searching for clickbait all the time, as opposed to trying to tell good stories because people. You know, they're not trying to tailor to, you know, long attention spans right. anymore, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Newspapers are dead. You know right. what I mean? And now physical copies of albums are dead. It's kind of like the same thing. Yeah. When you really yeah, think about I th- it. Yeah, I think it is the same thing. Before we go to the next break, I just want to get your thoughts on your favorite tracks off this album to make and then just go back and listen to. I mean, we, we both uh-huh. have talked about some of our favorites, um, but what, what are some of your favorites that you made on this new album? All of them. <laughs> that, nah, I, you know what? It's hard to pick a favorite off this album. I yeah. felt that as a list, Collateral is my favorite okay. uh, so far. That, at least from sitting with it, I really love right. that track. No, um, you know, I yeah. mean, I love all of them equally because they're like kids. But you know, um, there's things that are on the record that, and even mm-hmm. when I hear people say what their favorite record is, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's amazing. I love that you love that record so much, but you didn't listen to the album as long as you need to, mm-hmm. because if you did that probably wouldn't be your favorite record. It's an amazing record, whatever the record may be. Right. I'm not even naming the right whatever right. it may be. But that means keep listening. Because mm. when you dig into records like the Stick Up Tape from Menace, mm. when you dig yep. into Honor Amongst Thieves, when you dig into Everybody's Fine, mm. when you dig into you know Black Sambo, when you really dig into Love is Love, like, yeah, I, I love that song. Yeah, keep listening. We you know what I mean? Like I tell people, I th- I think that's keep a, listening. I think yeah. that's a good point because one of the songs on the record that um, I've been playing it so much, but lately it's, I'm really digging into it and I'm seeing more of the the deeper meaning to it. And then I found out your inspiration behind behind it was heirlooms and accessories. Yep, mm. and absolutely. Once I understood that actually came from artwork, and I saw how you connected that with the lyrics and yeah. how people may look at something in the past and how it's connected, I think it's a really dope. I don't want to Thank give you. it away because I think people need yeah. to experience that too when they listen to it. In celebration of us yeah. in stores right now. There you go. In celebration of us in stores. I think it's a fantastic album. I know Brian does too. Thank you. Um, they need to let you win. They need to get you a Grammy or something. Not that yeah, I, not the Grammys really matter. But don't just listen to the album. Yeah. Don't just listen to the album once either. Sit with it. Nah, no, no, no. You can't, you can't listen to it once. Um, yeah. You can't even listen to it five, ten times. Yeah, that's like, not an album. You, gotta, yeah. you really got to live with it and enjoy it. You know, see, if you say you got to spend so much time with something, it's easy to say, oh, you got to spend so much time with it. That means it's not good. No, that means it's fucking amazing. That means it's great. Absolutely. What it means is that there's so much to enjoy and value in it. And a lot of times people ask, well, you know, you always got double entendres, triple entendres, all these different meanings and layers with your lyrics. Mm -hmm. Why is it? Well, from a business standpoint, besides the fact that I grew up listening to who I grew up listening to, and you had to listen to Illmatic over and over, you had to listen to the genius over and over, mm. and all these different guys, you know, from a business standpoint, why would you pay for something that you got on the first listen? It's so easy to get music nowadays. If I have the option to, to pay $10 for it, or download it for free from some site that I can just Google and get a zip share link or whatever, mm-hmm. If I, all right, let me pay the $10. Damn, I got the whole album in one listen. I know what he mean. I know what he's saying. I know what it's about. I know where he's trying to go. I get it. Nothing yeah. really blew me away. I wasted $10. You're like, yeah, I'm So the on. next time, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not giving that guy $10. But if you buy a Sky Zoo album for $10 and you still digging into it six, seven, eight months later, yeah. you feel good about that $10. So now when Sky Zoo drop again, you will gladly give him another $10, $10, $10 because sure. you know 
that's a goal right there. I don't even got to worry. And you know, and that's two, why I do that. You and you know, know two, right. three years later, you're still going to be listening and revisiting that album. Yep. We listen to music from 25 years ago, Illmatic, Reasonable yep. Doubt. It's about being in that class. Mm. It's about being in that category of MC and that category of artwork, you know? I wish more artists, more rappers aspire to that, you know? um, to yeah. be in that category. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Skies. We're going to finally get into it, the New York Knicks. Yeah, let's talk some basketball, Definitely man. talk some yeah. basketball. <laughs> um, we'll talk a little bit about that when we get back on the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Sports Guru is the place where fans talk about sports via video. All videos are 60 seconds or shorter. Sports Guru makes the video look more professional and fun by adding automated on-screen graphics. You can follow your favorite sports by team, trending, new, or by people you follow, and more. Type in the title of your video and it will automatically, that's right, auto-magically go into your on-screen graphics. It's just that simple. Tag your teams and publish sports. Let's talk sports. It ain't hard to tell where to get the latest merchandise from Backpack Broadcasting. Gear is now available via TeePublic. Visit the Backpack Broadcasting TeePublic online store to get shirts, hoodies, mugs, and phone cases. Represent your favorite Backpack Broadcasting shows, including the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, and of course, the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Check out the special offers for our podcast listeners at http colon backslash backslash t dot pub backslash lic backslash backpack. Get in the game with your official backpack broadcasting here today. Welcome back to the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Dexter Henry Bryan, Fonseca, and Sky Zoo. Yeah, Big yeah. time Nick fan. Uh, yeah. Album in celebration of us. In stores now, you can get it anywhere digitally if you want to listen to that, if you want to stream, but you should buy the physical copy. You should go see this. You could buy the digital so, too. Yep, if people buy, buy if people buy the digital, we eat off that. Yes. What we don't really eat off is the stream. Mm. Yeah. You know, and people people get confused. Just to tap in real quick before we go into the other yeah, thing. Yeah, no problem. Just to help the people out. People feel like if they go to their streaming site, Spotify, Apple, Title, whatever it may be, yeah. people feel like if they go to their streaming site and they grab the record. And they playing it, they feel like, oh, I bought your album. I I, I heard it on Spotify, or title, whatever it might be, Apple, whatever. That's not the same as purchasing it on Apple. And and the crazy thing about like Apple Music, like I have Apple Music because mm. it's super convenient, you know, and whatever, whatever. I have title and you know Spotify, all those different things because it's convenient. But at the same time, if it's something that I love or something that I want to hold tangibly, you know, then I go purchase it. Mm. So for instance, a lot of people be like, yeah, I went on my iPhone and I got the album. I went to Apple Music and I got it. You didn't get it if you went to Apple Music. You're borrowing it if you went to Apple That's Music. Right. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like That's you're right. borrowing it from the cloud. Go to the iTunes app, which is on the phone. Go to the little purple iTunes app, and it says iTunes Store. Click that and search mm-hmm. my name, and that is when you purchased it and when you own it. You know what I mean? So that's all it is. So yeah, you know. But um, you could copy digital, you copy physical, the whole nine. There you, there go. you go. Clarity. Go. Do that. Clarity. Uh, yeah. I think people need to know that and make it know that you're not like yeah, but no, not at all. But you know, the fan. You can't blame the fans for not knowing. You know, if somebody has never been in the music industry a day in their life, like 90% of the world, you know, yep. has never been in the music industry right. a day in their life, all they know is you tell me I can get the music here, I go get it from there. They don't know the intricacies of it. Mm. Yep. And that's how the streaming sites win because they, mm. they win off the, off the ignorance. Yeah. They don't know, you know what I mean? So you just put them on and let them know. A lot of times people be like, yo, I didn't know that. Now I go to the site and I buy it. I go to iTunes store and I buy it. Right. Or I go to whatever and I buy it. Cool. Yep. You know there what I mean? Go. So, yeah. 
All right, let's get into these New York Knicks. Yeah, um, <laughs> like me, Brooklyn born and raised. Yeah, longtime Knicks fan. Yeah, let's just be real, Sky. Things ain't been that great in the last fifteen Forever. to twenty years. Right. <laughs> when it, when Except it when to... my bro Mello was here. Other so, than that, all yeah. right. So let me start with that because mm. I actually don't know how you felt about this. How did you feel about the Mello trade? Did you feel like it was time for him to go and the Knicks to move on in a different direction? See, I'm I'm pulled you know, tug of war because I know Melo personally, like that's the homie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for a while now, that, that him and his crew and his fan, those are my peoples. And um, the selfish side of me as a Nick fan wanted them to stay here. Mm. But the, the homie side of Melo being my man wanted him to go for his benefit. Not because we didn't need him or he wasn't supposed to be here or he was no good for us. No, he was the best thing we had since Patrick Ewan, Bernard King, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, it was because I knew he deserved better than yep. what this organization, with, with half the city, not the whole city, with half mm-hmm. the city, with this punk-ass GM at the time, or president at the time, was giving him, um, who I can't stand. But, you know, he, des- he deserved better, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I wanted him to go, and I remember telling him, like, bro, like, you know I'm a diehard fan, but whatever you got to do, bro, like, I get it, you know what I mean? We all get it, you know, and that's when he was still here. I was like, we all get it, and the, the, the real ones know what you deserve, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. regardless of, of our fandom or whatever, just do whatever you gotta do for you because you deserve that jewelry, you know, you deserve that ring, you know? Speaking so, um, but I wanted him to be here forever. Yeah. want him to retire, Nick. I want his number in the rafters. I'm hoping they pull a Paul Pierce where he resigns for one day at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. He can retire, Nick, stuff like that, you know what I mean? Because it just, it's what it was supposed to be was him being here, God Mello to hold it down, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking of, uh, the punk-ass president. (laughs) One of the last things he did Mm -hmm. uh, before, you know, his exit or whatever was draft Frank Nielakina. You two disagree on Frank Nielakina. We we, we have a lot of things. (laughs) Wow. So, okay. Go ahead and talk about it. because 80th time calling him a bum. (laughs) Now, now, let me ask you this, right? Because I saw you had tweeted about you wanted to see Knicks go after Kemba Walker. Mm-hmm. Right, I know. So I definitely. If it made it. sense, I wasn't trying to give up the house, but if it made sense. But if it made sense, you would do it. When they drafted Neil Akina, mm-hmm. your, your thoughts? I was livid. Livid. Absolutely. Had you? Did you watch him play at all? Absolutely. Anything? Did you want See, anybody else? Yeah. yeah. Was it Dennis Smith Jr. Donovan Mitchell? Okay. Either okay. one of them. Okay. Yeah. DSJ is the truth. Well, I'm not a fan of DSJ. Right I think he's Steve Francis 2.0. You're crazy. You think so? You're crazy. Bro. Now Donovan Mitchell, I like, but DSJ is the truth. I'm not bro. a fan of him. I think right. he just racks up we'll points. We'll see this in a year. Else. We'll see this in a year. You gonna come back? If, if DSJ if is, is the better truth, now? bro. <laughs> if who's better? If Nilakina is better than I'm better than Nilakina. Yo, listen. Let me tell you something. I'm a huge basketball fan, right? right yeah. Right. So when I'm not dealing with music and jazz, I'm basketballed out. Yes. Whether it's YouTube, whether it's highlights, I live on Bleacher Report. I talk to Bagels and Begley every day. I'm a humongous <laughs> basketball fan. <laughs> right, right. If the Knicks are interested in somebody, I do research right away as if I was on payroll. Okay, see, you know now, what I'm saying? Now I want to so say you, something about so, that. Because so, disclaimer, you're a knowledgeable basketball fan. Absolutely. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't doubt we, we, I didn't we doubt not doubt that. Was. But, we're letting people know. I didn't right. doubt this guy. Absolutely. What I tend so this to, is a calculated attack on Nilakina. Absolutely. No, what I, what <laughs> it's not I, an attack. What, it's what just I an observation. To, what I tend to find, Scott, from a lot of people, and I don't think you're in this in this realm, but I remember this with Porzingis. Mm-hmm. When Porzingis was, was, you know, when it was coming up for them to draft him, I looked at him. I said, yo, that kid could play. 
Mm-hmm. I liked him. I scouted. I liked. I liked what he saw. Right. A lot of people was like, Nah, I want Moutier. We'll now, get. To, right, we'll get right, to right. him in a second. That's my bro too. Yeah, yeah. we'll get yeah. to Moutier in a second. But I like KP, and I wanted to draft him. A lot of people had that European bias. Nah, let's get him. We've been burned mm-hmm. by all these. He's gonna be Darko Milicic 2.0. Right. I'm fine with the fan who does their homework. Right. And then says, okay, I don't like a guy. Even right. if you and I disagree, right. I respect the fact you did your homework. Yeah, here's the thing. Yeah. I, I was super wrong on KP, and I admitted that. See? I, man See, of my I word, I admit that. that. Like, I can respect A man that. can admit when he's right and admit when he's wrong. I was wrong on KP because we didn't know anything. There wasn't much out on him. There wasn't. We didn't know anything. You to, yeah. And, you know, this guy, first this guy says, we're going to go get this ring now. This guy being Phil, right? Yes, I know I knew what you're talking about. <laughs> he goes, we're going to go get this ring. Mm-hmm. Right now, Melo deserves this ring. Right yep, now, we're gonna build the that. win. Uh-huh. Two months later in the draft, he drafts a kid who nobody knew, and he comes out right after the draft yep. at the press conference and says, "This kid won't be ready to three to four years." So how do you say on one hand we're gonna go get it now, get him some help right now? Mm-hmm. You're in a position to make a huge draft pick, and then two months later say. This kid isn't ready for three, four years. Mm. How do you expect the city? How do you expect the rest of the team? How do you expect that franchise player, anybody to have faith in who you just picked? You just told us this kid is not ready. Now, on the flip side, Phil was wrong. He was mega ready. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I'm happy that I was wrong in my feeling like KP wasn't it when they drafted him because there were so many other options there and because we have been running the turnstile of point guards for 10, 15 years. And there was a plethora of point guards right there, one being Emmanuel Moutier, who wanted to be here. The only reservation he had was he didn't want to play for the triangle. Smart man. So (laughs) when you look at everybody who was available, it was like, why would you take an unknown who you are telling us is a project? It's one thing to say, yo, I know y'all don't know him, but he's ready. Right. Trust me, he's ready. I've been doing what I need to do. He's ready. It's another thing to come out and blatantly say, yo, he's not ready. Right. I know yeah. I took him with the high pick. A high pick is like spending a bunch of money. That's like saying, I know I bought this car for 300000 but it's not ready. But it's not going to be ready to I, roll yeah, for four years. Yeah. To say that, and well, why to be would wrong you do that? It. Exactly. And to be wrong. And to be wrong so about I understand it. completely where you were coming from on right. that and why you felt that way. Because I was there when Phil Jackson was introduced. Right. I was there. Begs mm-hmm. and I were there. Right. I was there after the draft. I, I heard all this stuff. Right. Yeah, and I was like, thought it was conflicting. Talent wise, I like KP. Right. But what you were sold is, exactly. not, is, not, is not the it's same like thing. It's like you told yeah. us, yo, he's, you said he's not going to be ready. Fans, I want you to be patient. And we're ready for three to four years. Three to four years? Like, are you serious? When Melo's contract has two, three years max left, what are you talking about? You just re-signed this guy on the belief mm-hmm. of that you're going to help him now. He could have went anywhere in the world and got to it. You sold him on the belief that it's going to be now. You sold us on a belief we've been losing for too long. Dolan brought me in. It's going to be now. Now you're telling us to give you a minimum of three to four years? It doesn't make sense. Now, granted, he was wrong. So we all were wrong who thought he wasn't going to be it. Right. But that's a pleasant surprise. I'll be wrong like that every day of the week. I'm cool with that. <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Right, I'd rather right. that. The yeah. difference between him and Frank, mm. you could see right away who KP was. You could see in Summer League. You could see in Game 1. You could see on the tape from overseas. You could see who he was. It was just the fact that he was so tall and, and thin, which is a problem still, as we see with the tear, yeah. with the ACL. Yeah. That's a problem. Stronger. He's got to put that weight on. And sometimes you can't. Look at KD. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you just can't. Yeah. Your metabolism is a certain way. It's not, it's not your thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
We saw who KP was. We saw preseason, like, yo, this kid, I hate. Oh, yeah. snap. Yeah. We see who Frank is. The numbers Frank put up in France are the same numbers he's putting up now. Five points, three rebounds, two assists. They are identical. Is that to anybody listening, mm-hmm. I remember looking at his numbers mm-hmm. when he was over there, because as soon as he was on the radar, I watched a million YouTube videos. Right. I said, this, kid is, he did I said, this kid is slow. <laughs> this kid don't have no handle. This kid don't have no jumper. Mm-hmm. The only thing he does is put his seven-foot arms out. And I could play defense, too, if my arms are seven feet. <laughs> Give me two brooms, right. and I could play D. It's you not about, yo, he got all these defensive instincts. Yo, Give me two brooms. So you're, I can so, play D. So, like, you're out, so you're out on him, definitely. A thousand percent. So it's like, no, Sky's so, all the way out A thousand percent. percent. So just playing devil's advocate here, um, because I'm, I'm not really leaning strong one way or another, mm-hmm. but you don't think that, you know, maybe year three, year four, that he develops into something like other. I think we like see other, who he is. Okay. I think he will get better just from being in the league, but we see who he is. He's a backup point guard. Okay. 1,000%. He's not your leading point guard. Okay, so with, at that, all. So with that being said, I want to, and I know Moody is your boy. Yep. Um, I'm not a huge fan of his game. Uh, I'm crazy. I think you're, you're underselling. Hold on, he hold said on. two things <laughs> already on. that wasn't too I know, bright. Scott, not feeling me. This guy, this guy doesn't shoot the ball that well. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. He doesn't shoot the ball that well. Turns the ball over a lot in Denver. I'm going to say maybe his change of scenery could be better. You know. Maybe you know better than me because that's your man's, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Does he need the change of scenery in Denver? Absolutely. Are you happy that he's here in New York? One thousand percent. Okay, mm. now you saw how hard I was going for him at the draft with KP. I don't know if you remember back. Nah, then. I don't remember. That's that. who I wanted. I, don't mm. that. I was, and a lot of Nick fans wanted him yeah. too. A lot of because Knicks here's the deal. It goes back to what I said. And you said he wanted to play here. I just want to make that noted too. You said that yeah. he knew that he wanted he wanted to be played. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. He was excited about the. I, I think what happened was, and I wasn't in the room, but I think what happened mm-hmm. was they told him. You know, it's probably gonna go this way, mm-hmm. and he and you know he was he was right again. I wasn't in the room, no, but so agents, this is just off of that yeah. This that. is just yeah. off of what I heard and different things, but I don't want it to be quoted as I was in the room knowing <laughs> all this. But you know, it was like, you know, players get told, agents get told, yo, they probably gonna go this way. They probably, you know, and you know, but on the flip side, then it, it turned into KP, which was a blessing because now we look, you know, God looked out because He said, yo, just hold on, I'm gonna give you your man. We're going to have that way you get both of them. Mm. Let's just hold on. Mm. But, you know, um, from what I remember reading back then was that once it went down, he was a little relieved on the low because the triangle is what it is. So it was like, I don't really even want to be involved with that. So I'm glad. You know, listen, it's the same reason why Dennis Smith didn't want to give up his, his, uh, his physicals. Because of Phil, nobody wanted to play under Phil because they saw what he was doing to the regime. It wasn't about, I'm playing for Phil, the coach who gave Mike six rings and Kobe these rings. It wasn't that. It was, look at what he's doing to this team. Look at how he treats the players. Look at how he treats the organization. Look how he ostracizes everybody. I don't want to play for that guy. Agents were telling their players, yo, you don't want to play for that guy. I don't think Mm. a lot. We're we're not letting you. We're going to do everything we can to stop. Now, granted, we can't stop them from drafting you, but we're going to do everything in our power to to prevent that. Because that is career suicide if you go there. Look at how right. they're doing Melo. That was the perfect example, even for free agents. It was like, why can't Melo draft free agents? Melo could bring wild free agents. It wasn't about Melo. It was about Phil. Right. They wanted to play for son. They was like, yo, I'm not going there to kill my career under that guy. I think no what way. You, I think what yeah, you're bringing right. up, a lot of people didn't realize how bad it was for players. I mean, this was the I, most toxic time it had ever been in the Knicks organization was when Phil was there. Okay, so it was yeah. toxic. You know what I mean? Like, so, the guy was literally a breath away from getting rid of KP. That stuff I know 
in a whole nother thing. If he had got rid of KP, I would have stopped rooting for the Knicks. I've, I've said this. I've been on record as saying that. I would have been like, nah. Hey, but y'all, y'all keep going. Not until man. he was gone. That's what, that's, what made, that's what made, you know, Dolan pull the trigger. Wait, so two, so two Moutier yeah. questions. One, uh, are you concerned with there was like a report where uh, he like was – um, not wanting to do media in Denver right. like that, like he was snarky um, with reporters. And two, yeah. do you actually see him becoming the Knicks franchise point guard? I totally see him becoming the Knicks franchise point guard if he get the keys, if he gets the time. And I'm gonna tell you why. He don't, he <laughs> do, his, he don't do his homework. I, I feel like if he did his I homework, did my homework. <laughs> you know if he did his homework, he would be like, Nah, your man, your man <laughs> yeah. is it. Because here's the thing. I'm listening, Scott. I'm listening. As far as the media stuff, I don't know. You okay. know, when right. I when I did the story on him on Slam, he was real cool. Um, he's a real laid back dude. You okay. know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. not, you know, da, 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 da. he's real chill. You think he can fit in New York though? I think so. Okay. I think so. He's real chill. Okay. You know, he's from Dallas, you know, it's Texas, yep. so it's, it's smooth, it's slowed down. Mm-hmm. He's a real chill laid back dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I could see the media, yo, and he's just like, it's cool. You know what I mean? Like, he's a real chill laid back dude. Um, real reserved and just calm. Real calm. That's the word I'm looking for. Real calm dude. Yeah. Um, as far as his game, 6'5", like Frank, but he's stronger. He's like 210, two, he's like... No, he's, like, he's around 210. Yeah, 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 he's more he's athletic. Chopped. Yep. Jumped through the... I mean, bro, go and, and YouTube him, bro. I'm not talking about Denver because <laughs> the Denver days, he didn't get run. Granted, his opening night game as a rookie in the <laughs> league, you know what his opening night was? 17 and 9. Yeah, I remember he almost had a he almost had a 17 points, 9 assists, I think mm-hmm. 5 rebounds. I got no some, turnovers. I got some homework for you though. Go for it. Ooh. All right, I read this the other day. It's according to ESPN stats and information. Ooh. Only Stanley Johnson and Marcus Smart played as many minutes as Moutier while shooting worse than Moutier, whose career percentage is 37 and a half. Mm-hmm. He also struggled defensively, ranking last in the league among all point guards in defensive real plus minus. Yeah, that but how you many say, minutes did he play? Well, he yeah. Well, no now, time. yes, his you know time has I mean? gone down to Denver. Like, here's the thing: he fell out of the rotation because yep. I don't know what Denver was doing, but every time they had a pick, they took a point guard. They're like eight point guards over there. Well, and all who you they don't believe that can play point guard. It's insane. So you got yeah. Jamal Murray, who they don't believe that can play point but guard. But they gave him the keys, though. They like, did. He, he's but, the point guard moving forward. They gave him the keys. They, what I'm hearing is they still don't even believe in him. I'm saying I'm not saying you're. I'm right, not right. saying you're. No, wrong. I hear you. I hear you. So it's like you draft you draft Moutier, and then you say, "Yo, you the guy." The very next draft. After he had a, a, a cool season, he averaged 14 and I think five on the Something season like yeah. as yeah. a rookie. Yeah. What is wrong with those numbers? They go draft another point guard. Then in, in the second round, they draft Malik Beasley, who could play the one and the two. two. Then they yep. go out and get, um, I think Jameer Nelson was already oh, there. No. Gary Harris Gary is a Harris. two, but yeah, yeah, yeah. they went and got, it's like, yo, what are y'all doing? So, of course, that's going to make you feel oh, like, I yo, agree. like. Oh, it's going to affect your confidence. Of course. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, same yeah. thing that's going on with, with allegedly what, what they were afraid of with Frank right now. Like, yo, is he going to be able to, you know, because first they brought up Trey. That was my next Then they question. went and got yeah. Moody. You know, so what, what is that going to do to him? But, you know. He just didn't get the time mm-hmm. and the system. You know what I mean? Like sometimes that's fair. The system ain't for everybody. I agree you know with what that. I mean? That's if you true. put, I mean, look at Isaiah Thomas right now. Yeah. His career, his value is way down right now. Super. Yeah. A year ago, he was talking about I want two hundred mil back. To that Brink's is not happening. Up. And you could have argued it a year ago because he was averaging thirty points a game in Boston, <clears> and <throat> he was I think fifth in MVP voting. Yeah. At five nine. Yeah. You could have said, Yo, son, here go that two hundred mil. Get busy. Yeah. He might get three years, thirty mil this year. He might. Yeah. All because of one, a half a season. Why? Wrong system. Because he went to a team. He didn't have any choice over it. Nope. He was traded to a team that had a six-eight point guard. Mm. 
wrong system. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Fit, doesn't fit his exactly. Skill set what so that's what I'm saying. Like system is everything. You know what I mean? That's like somebody who's mad nice but isn't on the right beats. It's yeah. the same thing. Like system is everything. You know what I mean? So Moody wasn't in the right system. You feel like he's in the right system now? I think he can be. Okay. I think the opportunity is there. The point guard opening, the starting point guard is up for the taking. Because Jared Jack's gone after this year. You know that. It was a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even supposed to be that. It was a couple-month deal that yeah, they had. Not guaranteed. Yep. Right. It was mm-hmm. a certain deadline. They had to extend it, and they extended it because they liked what he was doing. He's done after this season. You can bank on that. Right. As far as with the Knicks. <laughs> and that's not throwing, minutes right now, though. Absolutely. But that's not throwing a shot at him. It's just the truth. Yeah. He's gone after this Business. year. Right. Either he'll be retired or he'll be on another team. Um, you know, so that opening point guard is up, period. It they like Trey Burke a lot, I think. But Trey Burke's size is what holds them back. Yep. They're like, you might be six feet. You're really like five, <laughs> ten, five. I love Trey Burke. I, I like was Trey super Burke happy with, with the signing. I love Trey Burke. So, so that's not a shot. It's just what it is. They're looking at him like, you about five, ten, five, eleven. Yeah. And he's You're also, super he's, nice. He's also erratic, like from the field, like shooting wise. No, I don't he, know, he, man. He he, he's, now he's, he's, he's pretty he's accurate. Challenged. Mm-hmm. Right. He so he's he's taller than Isaiah, but it's kind of the same thing. So you look, he got super handles. He could drive. You know, him and Timmy got good energy, whatever, whatever. But it's like, you look at it and you're like, you would be dope backing up mm. purely because of your size. You know what I mean? I agree with that. So that opening point guard slot is up for the taking. And I'm telling you, they can lie to this kid all they want because they have to, right? Like, how is it, you know, how is, you know, your coach or let, let's take it even step further. How your parent going to come out and say, you know, you're an idiot of a child? Your parents are never going to tell you, yo, you stupid. Yo, Dex, you're just not smart, bro. Your parents are never going to say that. What they're going to say is, we're going to help you out. We're going to do whatever, whatever to get you right. They're never going to tell this kid, yo, you're trash. They're never going to come out and openly say that because, first of all, it hurts the brand because they've sold us on him since day one because they didn't have a choice. Scott Perry wasn't here when they drafted son. He would have never drafted son. You can see that. The point you're making... Mm is I'm fine with if you mm-hmm. come out and be truthful with it. Not you, I'm talking about Scott right, Perry right, and right, organization, yeah. right? If you don't believe in Frank... They can't do that, though, bro. You know that. I, yeah, and they you, cannot I know do the that. politics. How they we play can that. do that as fans. <laughs> we can do that as and journalists. We'll, you know what? They can't you know, do that. You know what we'll tell the time, Sky? We'll see what they do with the minutes as far as Moody and Frank. And t- I know we're going to go watch it. We, this we'll record summer, this. We're going right, to see. This yeah. summer and all that is going to say everything. <laughs> they, I mean, you already started seeing it when Trey yep. Burke was taking Frank minutes. They don't believe in Sun at all, but they know we can't come out and just say, yo, Sun ain't it, da da da, because it goes against everything that you were saying. It goes against the organization. It goes against the look of the brand and the class that the Knicks are supposed to oh, hold. The Knicks so they're brand never going to do strong, that. Brother. Right. But they're, they're <laughs> never going to do that. They're yeah. never going to come out. Even You're right, if they though. got rid You're of right. Sun tomorrow, if they traded him in a deal last week, they would have never said, oh, because he was trash. We ain't believing him. Yeah. They're going to say, we just wanted to do some things that make sense and we wish him the best, da da da. Yeah. They have to be PC. I respect that. Understood. Behind closed doors, they don't believe in Son because they wouldn't be making the moves they make. And they're right for doing that because he's not it. The thing with Son, size-wise, the, the, the stuff that you're born with, all day. Six, five, seven-foot wingspan, all day. I'm, I grew up a Penny Hardaway fan. Uh, Penny yep, Hardaway uh, yep. is Jesus to me. I think he has some comparisons of Penny Hardaway coming out of that Where? draft. I would have said that. Didn't he? I, no, not at all. I, 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 heard, not, uh, I heard people. Moody, I'm talking about. Oh, Moody. Oh, Moody, oh, Moody okay. was looked at as like a bigger Derrick <laughs> Rose. Neither, like I was about to say, what? No, <laughs> Moody <laughs> was looked at like a bigger Derrick Rose. He, they gave him the John Wall comparison I heard Jason lot. Kidd, too, because his jumper was in question. Right, but here's the thing. First of all, and we'll go back because I know you said you wasn't up on him because you wasn't up on him, but mm-hmm. his vision is crazy. 
His passing, his vision is crazy. Mm-hmm. He's 6'5", so he can see over everybody. He's strong and brolic and diesel, so he can get rebounds. He Debo his way in the lane. He got super hops. You look up his dunk highlight reel, dumb. Crazy ass. Super look. hops. Yeah. Like, they wanted them to be in the dunk contest over the year. Super hops. He's like a, a, a bigger Donovan Mitchell. Like, you know, it, it's – but the thing with him, his vision is stupid. He got super handles. He's stupid quick. Mm. You know, He's like a little John Wall. You know mm. what I mean? That was the best way to really describe him. John Wall couldn't shoot when he came out either. Be- the best thing I say, exactly. People say, oh, he can't shoot, jump a jumper. Yo, listen, you could teach a jump shot. There's a lot of things you can't teach. One of the things you can teach is a jump shot. Mm-hmm. There was this dude who came out, you just alluded to him, when he came out his first couple years, they was calling him Asin Kid. Yeah. Because he had no J. Yeah. That kid went and got a J and is now one of the greatest statistical three point shooters ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because of his percentage of what he made throughout yeah. the course yeah, of his big career. Yeah, he was with the Knicks here. Yo, they just, yep. oh, you just teach that. That's right. not it's hard not like to teach. Defense. It's not like defense where you I know, mean, look at Markel Fultz. They're ruining his jump shot. You know what ugly. I mean? Yeah. They're ruining him in Philly. And they're still letting us film him. They're well, ruining that. He actually <laughs> tweeted out a video he shot. A few at, videos. At game, a few videos of him shooting and it looked awful. They're I know, doing to him what they did to Jaleel Okafor. Like that front office is trash. Now. It's just they're not in New York, so you don't get the spotlight on it. That mm. front office is trash. They're ruining that kid. Mm. Number yeah, one pick. He's going to be a – I hope I'm wrong. Cause he's dope. Yeah, they're ruining that kid. You know what I mean. So at the end of the day, and we still have no answers on what went on there with the shoulder and everything. And that is... I think they made him play through it. I think what happened was mm. this is me speculating. I don't know nothing. They, I think they messed up somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I think he was mm. hurt and they made him play through it. That's what I personally think. Mm. But you know, with Moody, it's nothing to teach a jump shot. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you get it overnight. No. You right. shoot a thousand jumpers a day. You're gonna get a jump shot. Yeah, so you spend the summer working on it, hours a day. Yo, you're gonna get a jump shot. That's yeah. a given. You know what I he mean? He just has to have a competent one. Before we go, because we got to wrap up. I, my my question to you is where the Knicks are mm-hmm. and all the pain we've been through, Sky. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna ask two things. Hornacek as the head coach, mm-hmm. one going forward, and the organization now removed from Phil Jackson in this new era with Scott Perry and everything else, and they yeah. clearly are rebuilding. Yeah. Are you optimistic? about the Knicks future. Ask Ian this too when he sat here. Are you optimistic about I'm optimistic about, about the Knicks future if they do it right. They look like they were going to do it wrong and now they're forced to do it right because of KP's injury. Mm. All that nonsense about eighth seed of the playoffs was the dumbest thing I ever heard. I argued with fans about it. I argued with people okay, about so it. Okay, so we're on the same you page with that. Tanks. The for dumbest yeah, thing. Yeah, we did. Except for Why this guy. See this guy right here? <laughs> this guy, Lewis, our uh, now let me, now He let wanted me. the fourth seed. He said next we're going to get the fourth seed this If year. we can get the fourth seed, that's amazing, but, but there that was wasn't no happen. way we were getting <laughs> the fourth seed. There was no way we were getting the fourth seed with Ron Baker. You know what I'm saying? There was no way we were getting the fourth seed, bro. Like, no way at all. So, to, to sneak in and get the eighth seed yep. and why? go up against Boston, why? 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 We swept. Long term. We were on, what? This, we and what are on I, the and, same and, page and, with and that. And people tell me, you know, I was talking to my man Donahue. Shout out to my, my man Donahue. Yeah, I was to talking to him. Yeah. And he was like, nah, but we need it for KP so he could stay. KP's not going nowhere. He's not going nowhere. You know why? He'll never be the face of a team the way he is here. Home not home saying home. he can't He's be the face of a team. Exactly. Not saying he can't be the face of a team. But not like he will be here. This is the biggest media market in the world. Mm-hmm. They had a guy who was the face of the team, and they moved him for him. Yeah. No other team is going to do that for him. You can't go to Cleveland and move Braun. You can't go to Golden State and move Steph or KD. You can't go. You, they're not going to do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. No other team is going to move their face for him. He can't go get paid as much as he can here. KP's not going nowhere. That's the true. only thing that would have made Sun leave is Phil. 
Phil's yeah. gone. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? That, apparently, that, that almost happened. Exactly. <laughs> Phil's gone. Thank so God. it's like, you know, like I was telling Donald, he was like, nah, he, in order for him to stay, he needs to see a winning culture. He needs to see a culture change. Culture already changed. Phil's Word. gone. Word. You know what I mean? Culture Word. already changed. It doesn't mean... If it rain outside, it doesn't mean the ground is going to be dry in a split second. You got to give it time for the ground to dry. You know what I mean? Yep. Give it a couple hours, then the ground will dry. It's raining right now. By the night, the ground will be dry. It don't mean the moment it stops raining, the ground going to be dry, but it's going to dry out. Right. That's what happened. The culture already changed. That's the equivalent to that. Like, Phil's gone. Mm. That's what he wanted to see happen. He wasn't staying at Phil's stage. You could bet that. Yeah. Yep. But as long as Phil's gone, he's here. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah. So what's the point of sneaking in the eighth round, eighth seed, and then getting swept in four games. What does that do for you, Courtney Lee? What does that do for you, Lance Thomas, who goes donuts every game? Every what game. does that do for you? Yes. Like, it yes. does nothing. Yeah, Dex can't stand Lance it Thomas. It does nothing. He a cool dude. He a cool dude. I don't see Ronald on the floor anymore either. Trash. That's yeah. many. Jeff, they paid him because Jeff Hornacek wanted him to. Jeff Hornacek like said Hornacek. last year, he said, yo, I love Ron Baker. I see myself in him. He reminds me of how I was when I was a rookie. Mm. That's why they paid that Jeff kid. Jeff Hornacek is not. But also, but also, are you disappointed like with the trade deadline that they couldn't move off some of these assets like Courtney? Lee it depends, like, you know, it depends on what you would have got. See, they wanted first-round picks. I like the fact that Scott Perry's being so hard-nosed. He might have been a little too hard-nosed. Like, they wanted first-round picks. Nobody was giving up first-round picks for Courtney Lee, yeah. Kyle O'Quinn. I love Kyle O'Quinn. Yeah. That's one player I want to say I want to see stay here. Mm. Kyle O'Quinn. And he's from here. From absolutely. Here. And Kyle O'Quinn is like a little Mason. He's got, that, he's got Anthony that toughness. Mason. Okay. That you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love Kyle O'Quinn. I think he's extremely important for this team. They're going to have to pay him. You know, because he can opt out this year. He's making $4 million a year. He yeah. can opt out this summer and try to get more. Obviously, he's not going to get no max. But double him. Give him $8 million a year. He'll take it. Somebody's going to give him that, saying? too. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. I love I mean, Golden State was on his heels. Golden yeah. State wanted him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he needs some toughness right I now. I love Kyle mm -hmm. O'Quinn. Um, but what, what's the sense of being an eighth seed, getting rocked <clears> by Boston? He lose by 30 without Kyrie. <laughs> what do you think you're going to do with Kyrie when he, all he want to do is kill Braun? <laughs> all he yeah. want to do is kill Braun. <laughs> So anybody Word. in the way, I'm bulldozing. I want, I'm trying to kill that guy. Because yeah. every time he talked about me, he called me the kid and called me the son and the kid. Yeah. I'm trying to kill that guy. You in my way, KP? You out. You in my way, John Wall? You out. I'm trying, whatever's moving, I'm killing to get to that guy so I can kill him. Right. They would have demolished us. Right, so what is the point of that? So I'll say that because I, I want you yeah, to point yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say this. There was no point in no AFC in his cancer. There was no point in none of that. Work. Tank out, get this top ten pick. Now hopefully it's a top five because you mm. need a small forward. It better be. Mm. Playing Courtney Lee at the three with Tim Hardaway is not it. Mm -hmm. You need a real small forward. There's a plethora of small forwards right now in the draft. Right. I'll give you three right now I, that I want. That's where I was going because he wants um, – Well, I'm very high on this kid, Luka Doncic yeah, from Croatia. From Croatia. That, I'm going to tell you why that's a problem because <laughs> – He's dope, right? Like European players. No, no, no. He's dope. He's super nice. Okay, he's okay. super nice. But I know you did your homework, Scott. Yeah, he's super nice. But here's the, I mean, he's a 6'8 point guard who can shoot. I mean, sign me up, right? The problem mm -hmm. is you just took a, a, a point guard. You can't. The Knicks can't. For one. The Knicks can't take a point. Even if it wasn't no trade, the Knicks can't take a point guard in this draft. Because, again, it shows they messed up. They're never going to admit that they messed up. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, You're right. That. I hate the that. Knicks can I'm, take the number, Knicks yeah. can get the number one pick. They're not taking Trey Young. They can't. Because then it just sends the biggest message of egg on the face to Frank. They can't take Trey Young. They're not picking a point guard in the first round in the draft this year. Bet mm. that. 
You can put money on it right now. Donkic they got to pick something. And Donkic, you can play him, with, you can you play play him at the, the two. Yeah. Here's the problem. You, play the three. you just He's gave like, Tim Hardaway $71 million. I don't, We're not even going to go into that because we don't baby, Oh, baby stocks? <laughs> baby stocks? We don't want to talk about baby stocks? Bruh. And I know both of us. We are, we are both huge John Starks fans. I'm not a huge John Starks fan at all. Oh, you're he's, not? Oh, okay. <laughs> listen, he's baby Starks because he give you 40 tonight and give you five tomorrow night. <laughs> that is Starks like. He's baby Starks. That is Starks like in that I told heads, I said, yo. He don't play good defensively I, Before Starks, KP yeah. got hurt, I said, yo, the Knicks are just doing the 90s all over again. Here's why. <laughs> don't say that. I'm going to tell you why. Oh, this is before KP got hurt, and I like KP. You got rid of Bernard King, Melo, to give the team to Ewing, KP. You went and got John Starks, Tim Hardaway. Mm. Look, man. Same thing. It's <laughs> the you know exact what? same thing. Scott's so here's point the deal. About, John, about him being hot Oh, he's, one night he's baby Starks. He got the same night. number. The only difference is John Starks played defense every night. And right. He don't do I'll that. give you that. That's, he was tough. And John Starks would go at your neck. <laughs> yes, you know he would. I mean? And I loved him for that. He, that's why I say he's baby Starks. He's not oh, yeah. Starks. He's baby Starks. <laughs> that's baby Starks right there. Yo, Duke is two for 24 from three in the past, like, three, four years. Yo, he's been horrible the last couple of games. cooking for like a month. Yeah. He came back from the injury cooking. And he came out hot. He was cooking. cooking. But now, that's baby. He's, stocks, a, he's baby. in the freezer. So, so, so real. So here's the thing. Who are the three small forwards? Yeah, let's I'm get that you, before yeah. you go. They yes. Can't take, they can't take a two guard now either because of that. <sighs> and yeah. you can't play Luca at the three because he's not tough enough. He's six eight, but he not. You know who they he playing at the three these days? They'll wash him. And Luca is nice. And I like him. They'll he's nice. They'll wash him. You, the strength thing is that's real. That's true. Yeah. And I'm you know what I'm saying? It. Like they'll wash him. I think him. his game is nice. and He's gonna do real he's well. He's super nice. He don't really play defense though. He's super yeah, nice. defensively he's got to get better. He's nice. He's nice as hell. His but ideal fit may not be in New York. Not at right. all. But give me, give me the three small forwards you like that you think could come to the Knicks and help him if they could draft him this year. Miles Bridges, Mikael Bridges, Michael Porter Jr. Fine with all of them. Absolutely. So I, fi- I don't I'm even know who they all got. Like, I'd be torn. If oh, I was Scott Perry, by, I'd oh, be Oh, you scared torn. off by Porter's back injury? Not if he – see, a little bit. Porter was the number one pick before he yeah, went down. Yeah, so that, yeah. So that, that speaks volumes. Porter was the number one pick before he went down. But now with him being down, he's still a top six pick. The problem with a back injury is that it does linger. Mm-hmm. But when you're 19, your body can heal like that. You know, Dwight Howard had back problems at 28. It's yeah, going to be yeah, different. Yeah. At 19, he already said he's coming back. You know, he I was reading something yeah. yesterday. He mm-hmm. was like, I'm out to practice in like a week. Like, I'm out to play. Said he's ready. On a back. Yeah. He's, he's like, he's I'm good. good. So if that happens... Grab son immediately. Mm. You know who he is? And I'm not saying he's the exact I love level player, of talent. I love Word, is he I is <laughs> KD meets Blake Griffin. He is a hybrid of those two. For people watching, do you see my face? <laughs> I'm, do you now, see my now face? Listen to what I said. Listen to what I said. It does not mean he's as nice as KD. It doesn't mean he's as nice as Blake Griffin. His face hasn't changed. He's those two styles of game put together. He's not as, I'm not saying he's as, KD is otherworldly. Otherworldly, I mean, right. KD can shoot Blake from Griffin here. Too coming out of uh, listen, Oklahoma. KD can shoot from here and make it in Oakland. Bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro. he's otherworldly. But if listen he to what does I'm saying. That, I'm gonna be so excited. Listen you to what I'm saying. So, I'm listening to you, bro. Post Look him that. up. This yeah. is a guy who's 6'10", who's slim but somehow still cut up, lightning quick, shoot the three, shoot the mid range, dunk all over everybody, and got handles. Yep. He is KD meets Blake. I'm not saying he's as nice as KD. I'm not saying he's as, as nice as Blake. You're but he's if you merch. took if you took those parts and put them in a the pot, I like he's that. that. I like that pot. And okay. then you know I love Michael Porter Jr. Man, he would be the perfect piece to put next to KP. It, perfect. Now Macal Bridges, six seven. Yep. Three. Play super defense. Yes. Known for his defense more than yes. anything. But now his jumper is what he's shooting forty seven percent from three, which yeah. is otherworldly. Yeah. 
he's great. That would be amazing. Is he brolic enough for the three to deal with the Draymonds and all these guys every night? I don't know. I mean, Draymonds are four, but they switch them off. Switch them off I don't yeah. know. Miles probably who's going to wind up being. Miles Bridges is Miles Bridges is it. He's brolic, 6'7". I mean, brolic, chiseled. Yep. Dunk on everything. All he want to do is jump through the gym, play hard defense, got a three-point shot, mm-hmm. and does pass the rock. I think, again, here's a player comparison. I think he's a more offensively polished Draymond. He has a similar mm-hmm. game to Draymond, yeah. but a better offensive probably, arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Draymond was very raw. Yeah, Dray- Draymond, Draymond's overrated. Draymond don't, <laughs> Draymond don't got no offensive game. Draymond is overrated. He's yeah, defense, yeah, but, he but, get, but he's overrated. But like, he is in the right place. Like, right. You know Miles I mean? Bridges. Don't see your point about fit and system. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, right. Dr- Dr- exactly. He's in the perfect Put Draymond on any other mother 29 teams. Yeah. It's not happening. Put him on the Nets right now. It's not happening. It's not happening. Yeah. He is a victim of his environment. He's a product of his product environment. Product right. Product of his environment. He'll be a victim of so, his environment if right. he goes elsewhere. He's a product <laughs> of his environment. So it's like, but Miles Bridges is a more offensive, polished Draymond. This he is, plays a similar game to Draymond. He even has a similar build, six height, cock diesel. I, mean, I like Miles that. Bridges I like, I like that, I like that comparison for him. But his offensive game it's is more way more polished. I agree with that. He dropped 20 Definitely. last night, hit the game win at the mm-hmm. buzzer. Like, that's, and him, his three, his three works, but it's not cash. But when you got Hardaway, who's supposed to be it, and you no, got KP, who yeah. shoot from 40, Man, you, know he can't you are right. Yeah. Like, you don't so need... You can, you can live with him. Exactly. You don't right. need Miles Bridges shooting five, six threes a game. No. You got KP, who shouldn't be doing it because he's so tall. <laughs> I hate these seven-footers shooting ten threes a really? game. Really? I hate that shit. Even if you can hit it, KP shouldn't be able to go five for him. nine. I'm with him. Yeah. But it should be him. going like, you know... Three for six. Yeah. I don't need you it's seven foot three shooting ten. And I like KP. <laughs> I just don't need don't all that out there. Because if you out there, if you out there, then who's under the rim the getting a rebound? Yeah, and it's crazy. Because, who's running the break? You know what I mean? Right, like, it's, out. it's crazy because and now we're at a point in basketball where it's like you see a seven footer, but you're like, right. hey, but can he shoot threes? I like the fact that 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 that's a reality as far as do you have the capability of it? Yeah, that's like me. That's your main right. Channing Fry. If that's all you do, that's like me. Like I um, you know. I could rhyme fast. I could double time. People saw it on Black Sambo. People saw it on Heirlooms and Accessories. But that doesn't mean I'm rhyming fast on every record. Right. But I can do it if I have to. I could da 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 I can do it. But, but that doesn't right. mean I'm doing it on every possession. Right. So I don't like the mm. fact that Heads is doing it on every possession. I like how Carl Anthony Towns does it. Mm. He can hit the three all day. He might shoot three three threes a game. Yeah, Anthony he Davis might. too. Anthony Davis too. Exactly. Out. I like that. They mix it. He can do it, inside it, and outside but it doesn't mean his game is predicated on just that. Right. Now, a lot of why KP game is predicated on that is because he's so thin. You yeah. know what I mean? Even though I like him a lot, none of this is a shot. It's because he's so thin. You he's know got, what I mean? He's got to get but, stronger. But, but got, back got to Miles Bridges, just to wrap up. Yes. I'm telling you. He would be a perfect piece in between Hardaway shooting a million threes and KP shooting 500,000 threes. <laughs> he would be a perfect piece in between. He's a dog on, on defense. Yeah. He's a dog on rebounds. He wants it. He wants your face on the floor. And he can drop them points and give you 20-25. He's good with giving that rock up. He can play off the ball. He got a handle. He's ambidextrous. He's cock diesel. 
Miles Bridges. But if Michael Porter Jr. is there, you if you his medicals him. is there, I will, I you might have. To. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hit you up after the draft. Yeah. Because I don't. I don't. Oh, I'll probably know from Twitter. I hopefully you're not. <laughs> hopefully you're not as mad this year as you were last year. I want you to be happy, man. Hopefully, be, and hopefully be, for man. you for you guys' sake that you have. Watch the him go take Grayson Allen or something. <laughs> don't say that, man. You, know what I'm you like, might not. You might not see me here anymore if they right, take Grayson Allen. Exactly. You might not see me here anymore. We got. We got. Yo. So passionate about the basketball, you're definitely knowledgeable. So we're glad oh, to see that, because you were in the zone. You, yeah, he got yeah. The, he's like me. He's reading the draft Johnny boards Moutier, and everything. Baby Moutier, you're they telling give me to him, believe in Moutier. If they give him the reign to run wild, you're telling me the, Knicks the only be okay. problem yeah. is for it to really work. You got to see him and KP together, and we're not gonna be able to see, mm, that. see that for a while. At least not right. till next January, right. probably. It looks yeah. like yeah. If I mean. If he was playing now and they made that trade, oh my gosh, forget it. Cause they would just KP needs somebody to get that rock up, throw that alley, drive in the lane, kick it out, drive defense trailing him, kick it back, whatever it may be. That's what he needs. Somebody with handle. That's why it worked so good with Trey Burke for them few games. I'm Cause Trey Burke get in the lane, da 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 da, boom, dish it. KP right there, yeah. You know what I mean? Like he needs need somebody that. can penetrate and have the threat to finish and have the pass. I mean, Cause, cause see, there, the, there was a couple guys there last year, man, but, you know, they want, they want to eat French bread, you know what I'm saying, baguettes, you know yo, what I'm saying? Like, yo, listen, he seemed like a cool kid. This Nilla is not a see Sky, he's going to be like, yo, this guy don't believe in me, man. <laughs> listen, this is not a personal attack. He nah, seemed like nah, a cool nah, kid. We, we understand Every that. Every interview I read on him, he seemed like a cool guy. He, this is why they don't want to give up on him. He generally seems like a nice person. Nice guys don't win your basketball games, Exactly. So. Yeah. Playing yeah. that game, listen, son handles... Before before we go, Scott, I wonder what one real back to music thing, real yeah. quick. Uh, you, what what are you listening to these right, days as yeah. an artist? Are there any and it's outside of, of jazz? But yeah. any hip hop artists you're listening to I these don't days? Really no, man. Tell you the truth, I don't really know. You know, a lot of old stuff, man. And that's not to be mm -hmm. stuck in my ways. It's just I'm not really super inspired by a lot of what's going on nowadays. But um. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I wish I had more Honestly, than that. We, yeah. we have our picks. That's, I, mean, I mean, that's. I mean, some of the people you say, you know, like Cole Kendrick, of course, you know, like when, when you say new people, right? Like, I don't really consider them new. Because they've been, they've been doing it for a little bit, you know, right? Kind of in, a, in the same time frame as far as coming out, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, yeah, I listen to those guys. Yeah, Kendrick Cole, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Freddie Gibbs, you mentioned, of course, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. They all get busy. Um, but as far as when, when I get asked that question, I think new people. And when you think new people, I can't really. Think of too much. Now, if um, I really sat I'm, here for I'm, an I'm hour, there, maybe, I'm there with but, you too. know, as far as new people, I can't really right. think of too much. You know? Yo, why y'all laughing? Because, because the They're Freddie Gibbs mentioned? He's a, he's right, a, right? He's a huge See, Freddie Gibbs fan. Nah, Freddie's dope. Freddie's yeah. my man. Yeah, yeah, Freddie's my homie. Nah, he's yeah. super dope. Nah, you know? I but them, again, I you tell, think I tell them that all the time. I don't see I'm not new. But exactly. That's why I didn't bring him no, up. No, 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 I just knew where you're from. But it's been a recurring theme on this podcast. I mean, like for God's sakes, like nah, Freddie's dope. You know what I'm saying? Like It's like if you ask me somebody new, I couldn't tell you like a really recent rapper that I've really gotten to music in the last three or four years that I really was like, oh, maybe Joey Badass. No, but I've been listening to Joey since like 2012, 2011. So that's not you. Nobody says new. I love. Around my I age. love Joey. I think he's dope. <laughs> right. um, you know, I think he's one of the dope people in New York doing it. But I'm, as far as new yeah, people, like he's not new. Dave East isn't really new. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. Like maybe right. you could say Dave because he probably can't. He really popped in the last year or two. Like, yeah. so he, but you see how difficult it is. You know, nah, it's hard. So I, I, I could somebody we like. Yeah, but even he's been doing it. it for a bit. So I right. can't even. When you think say of new, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, but if you want some new music, you should be listening to In Celebration of Us out now. Right now. Scott, we want to thank you for oh, joining you. us. Appreciate um, it. One talking hip hop and basketball so passionately. Yeah, man. We're going to see about Frank Nilakina. 
If Randy Nikita I already drops seen 30, it. I'm hitting you up, man. Please do. <laughs> Please do. I know my phone going to be nah, dry, but, but dry as rice. When we're really going <laughs> to... But when we're really going to talk is the draft, because in the draft, I hope that both of us were smiling about the Knicks' future a little bit more. They got to take a small forward. I think they know that. They I'm can't gonna, play... They can't play Courtney Lee at the three going. We don't want to see that anymore. And he's probably, I mean, he, he's saying he want to stay and help the youngins, but is he going to be willing to come off the bench? You know what I mean? Because he's getting older. He could play. If not go to a contender, then help the youngins from off the bench because we're not really developing much. Agreed. Play, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, and I don't see him wanting to come off the bench. Yeah. They really should have shook, son. I think there was a lot of teams that just needed 15 more points a night, 12 more points a and night. And some defense. Could have yeah. grabbed them. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yep. OKC, you know. I can't really say GS Dub, but you know, uh, maybe San Antonio with Kawhi being down. There's mm-hmm. a couple people that could have used son, mm-hmm. but you know, apparently the Knicks wanted too much. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at Scott Perry for being a dog on it. Like, nah, I want this. Sometimes you gotta know. Yeah, all right, let me let me get. You know what I mean? But I like the moves son is making though. So yeah, come, let, small forward, baby. Small forward come for the Knicks. Time, come draft time. 2018. Hopefully, Scott and I are smiling. And I'm Moody. Gonna be, I'm gonna be instigating because I don't have a team. Yeah, he has so, no team. But we're diehard Nick fans, so hopefully, Sky and I, we want to see the team turn around. Sky, yeah. once again, thank you, man. No Album doubt, is no great. Doubt. In celebration of us, in stores, for Brian Fonseca, the great Sky Zoo, Dexter yeah. Henry, signing off. Episode Absolutely. 20 of the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. Peace, peace. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it.